rift in Congress over government shutdowns has a long history of political incompetence. Political analyst Trevor Loudon explains conservatives are being called radical or extremist for holding government accountable. Something has to give. And then General Mark Milley calls out Trump, threats to democracy, Biden says, and the GOP debate winner. And then Bill Maher gives Ron DeSantis a bucket of cold water with this comment. Well, let's face it, Ron, if this campaign was going well, you wouldn't be on this show. Well, the GOP debate, who can compete against Trump in 2024? The impeachment inquiry double standard and more in an expert panel discussion with Daniel Baranowski, Kathy Anderson-Martin, and Colonel Mike. It's all next on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Altman. Well, with Democrat support, Speaker Kevin McCarthy gets it over the finish line. Well, at least for 45 more days, that is. The questions are many. What did he give up to Democrats to support the bill and bail him out? The bill will keep the government open through November 17th and includes natural disaster aid, but no additional funding for Ukraine or border security, which was indeed a sticking point. Well, I suggest you set your watches for 45 days, my fellow Americans. This is not the end of this fight, to be sure. The death of one member, Diane Weinstein, and the indictment of another, Bob Menendez, with two more Democrats sidelined by COVID. The chamber is laboring to pass a spending bill as Senator Rand Paul threatens to use the rules to force his very own brief government shutdown. The dark part in losing Senator Feinstein, I just saw her yesterday morning, life is precious. This is Senator Joe Manchin's words. And so we start there with, with Senator Feinstein, but I want to then say he, he, he ends with this comment here. A, a shutdown on top of that, referencing you know the, the senator's death, he added, would be horrible. How do you face people and tell them we couldn't do our job? Uh, Trevor Loudon is here. He's an analyst, uh, author, speaker, filmmaker, political commentator, uh, just a great voice uh, for freedom. And uh, uh, Trevor, these words here, and the reason I start with those, like I'm thinking about this, first of all, and I thought, okay, I'm coming on with Trevor here. Let's start with something profound. And I hear the words, we couldn't do our job. And I'm wondering here, if they were doing their job, Trevor, would we be in this position to begin with? Would we have 47 continuing resolutions in the last uh, 10 years? 
would we have would they have only passed a budget four times in the last 40 years? Would we be dealing with the $33 trillion debt and in crisis mode in Washington if they were doing their jobs? Fair question. I, I think you've 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 nailed it <laughs> nailed it there, Malcolm. Look. Um, Kevin McCarthy wasn't doing his job to to advance Republican values. So twenty um, more more tough Republicans held him to account. Now he is doing his job a little better than he was because he was forced to. Now for no other reason. Well, the 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 House. It should be a matter of course to pass pass a budget every single year, a balanced budget every single year that's doing their job you know that's the minimum actually right, because right. because uh, it should be a lot smaller budget because most of the stuff they do is unconstitutional so they're not doing their job so therefore there are a group of republicans are saying to heck with this but the whole country has been suffering for decades now mm, yeah. because of the complete lack of responsibility in both houses on budget issues, they just blow out the budget every single year, and then they they do, are not held to account because they don't actually produce a proper budget. One of the things in this, uh, if you watch all the narratives and the media reports, they always say hard right conservatives. Uh, they call them extremist and radical Republicans. Uh, these people who are out of their flipping minds, Trevor, who want to, you know, bring sensibility back to the freaking government or want to stop the government from going, you know, killing us all here. Uh, these yeah. are the extremists, the radicals, the nut jobs are conservative, patriotic Americans. Have you picked up on that? Yeah, like a like hundred percent. Like it's saying like a, Somebody who can balance their checkbook and live within their budget in a personal household, that's a <laughs> radical extremist. But somebody who just racks up the credit card and spends other people's money, that's a that's a that's normal behavior. Normal that's behavior. normal behavior. Yeah. So so Americans can see through this. Yeah. They they know that living within one's means is a is a is a way to prosperity. They know that uh, living outside one means one's means is a way to disaster, and our yeah. government has been leading us into disaster for decades. Yeah. You know, we, we've been seeing this build, as you say, for a long time. It's coming to a moment where there are some people now in government, small as they are, minimal amount, I'm suggesting, but there are some people that are willing to take a stand uh, it, it, we've seen that in the Senate with Tuberville, with the uh, with, with yep. the, ruling out the abortion in the Senate for the Constitution, saying, "Listen, stop playing games here. You either voted in, or I'm not playing this game anymore." And there are some there are some patriotic people there now, which is, I mean, fantastic that are taking a stand to try to bring this back to, uh, you know, to reckoning. But here's the thing, Trevor, the media is not going along with this. They're not going to go along with this. And then they spin their web, their lies and their deceit out to the American people. And quite frankly, it's hard to we try very hard here, but it's very hard to um uh, you know, deal with that narrative they throw out there. And it's the same thing going to do with the, the government spending here and uh, shutting down the government. Everybody knows that Republicans always get blamed for it. They will absolutely get blamed no matter what happens here. But is that reason enough not to do it or to do it is the question. And can they 
can they win taking this kind of a stand based knowing the headwinds that are coming at them? Can, can this, I mean, is it even possible to pull out victory when they're going to have a full onslaught with the media? Well, look, you know, the, the media was not exactly sympathetic when, when 20 Republicans held Kevin McCarthy to account for three days. But the, the base, the conservative base, loved it. And if the Republicans are going to win the White House in 2024, they need the conservative base energized. They need people who are willing to stand up. So to heck with the media. It's the base that counts. Trump won because he had an energized base who loved him. The media was always against him. So the, I think it's a no-brainer here. You've got to do what's right. You've got to be tough. You've got to be strong. You've got to stand against the the the, the creeping communism and the and the ir fiscal irresponsibility that oh, irresponsibility is too kind a word for it. But you've got to stand against this. And yes, the media is going to be against you, but the conservative base will be energized. And a lot of the people in the middle will also see the wisdom of this. And um, it's the only way forward. You know, yeah, that, cowardice, that is, is, cowardice has never got us anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the real thing you just put out there. You, you give me at least a bit of optimism. I mean, if we can get to that, uh, uh, we talk about the base, but again, that middle ground as you're speaking about. And and it, it does appear we're at a different point now where they are, I pray, I hope, I and I do pray that they are becoming and that they are more aware of the dangers that are in play right now. And they seem to be, because if you look at the studies right now and all of the reports, uh, it shows three quarters of the American people, uh, voters, believe that we are headed in the wrong direction. And that's 74, 75 percent, uh, my friend. That is some pretty serious numbers, which would play to your point that people are they are coming to their senses. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, 100 percent. They are. And, and the Republicans, they tried last election. They tried the strategy. The Democrats are terrible. We'll do nothing. We'll say nothing. And we'll let the Democrats implode. And what happened? You know, yeah. the 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 media narrative for the left wins because Republicans don't take a strong enough stand. You know, did they not learn from Reagan or Trump? Did they not learn from the from the the twenty brave souls who stood up to Kevin McCarthy? That's what energizes the base. That's what fires people up. That's what inspires people. And an inspired base in these times is what you need to win an election doesn't matter what money you have people are tuned yeah. off tuned out to these big these propaganda messages they want real action and they want real leaders and they want courage let's hope so and that's yeah. that's what we, we have to have yeah. so good on them yeah all right let's talk about that election right now uh we've had the uh, second gop debate now uh it's in the books and uh uh, this one, there was one less candidate on the stage. Uh, with all of that said, you had DeSantis on one side, Vivek Ramaswamy on the other, Nikki Haley on the other, and then you had a lot of other people that were really in single one percent digits, if that. Um, what did you who, what did you take out of the debate? Who who who, if anybody, surfaced to the top on that thing, in your opinion? Yeah, I think DeSantis clearly won. Um, I think Ramaswamy has is, um, been seen to be as fake as a $3 bill. And uh, Nikki Haley, uh, very brave, very gutsy, and held them, especially on foreign policy, she was she held both DeSantis and uh, Ramaswamy to account. 
But really, really, it's only it's only DeSantis that has any chance of of getting the nomination other than Trump. And I'm glad he's in the race, and I'm glad he's he's is doing at least moderately well, and I hope he does better because I seriously. I'm seriously concerned that Trump will not be on the ballot in 2024 for, for a variety of reasons. And we, we need a plan B. Okay. Now uh, let's dive into what you just said right there. Uh, because uh, I, I, that was my question in a sense, will he be on the ballot or will they have him behind bars indicted? You and I've talked about this prior. We've touched on it a bit here. I've been seeing reports in the last many days now, and many folks in, in a position are thinking that uh, there's no way they can pull the lever and get an indictment in time prior to the election and that that election will happen first. Uh, that all bets are off. What do you say to that? Again, as I said to you before, it is a race to the White House right now. What do you say to that? Well, see, uh, what I think the Democrats want to do is provoke a constitutional crisis. And there's already efforts way in 10 states to have Trump removed from the ballot because he participated or encouraged an insurrection. And they're citing, these are laws that were put in place to stop former Confederates standing for, you know, because they'd rebelled against the, the federal government, so they couldn't stand in any election. So now they're trying to apply this to Trump. What they want to do, I think, is provoke a constitutional crisis and, and trigger Trump's base to the point that some people or somebody does something really, really stupid and violent, and that will be used as an excuse to crack down on the base, to crack down on supporters much as like as what is happening over the trials in, in Georgia right now mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um we've already had one guilty plea there and, and but the, the whole idea is to humiliate Trump and trigger his supporters and even if it's constitutionally completely crazy to take him off the ballot in two or three states um, because they want to trigger a crisis. They want to trigger a backlash yeah, because yeah. that backlash will allow them to do things um, that they can't do right now. Well, they are pushing hard in Colorado to get them off the – that's one I know we just talked about, off the ballot there and uh, yeah. uh, in yeah. other areas as well, California as well. They're trying to get them off the ballot. I don't know that they're going to succeed uh, but they surely yeah, are giving it a good college try, aren't they? You know? But they don't even they – don't, they, they just have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to, it doesn't have to be legally justified. There you go. Just enough to, to, um, yeah. you know, to, to, to do its damage, do its damage. Problem. Yeah. 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 You know, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're sorry. We've seen that before with a lot of this stuff. It's just like the whole uh, 2020 election. It doesn't have to be legal, uh, Trevor. You just do it and then you, you ask for forgiveness later, right? Yeah, you do. And you, uh, yeah. You have a, a situation where the judiciary, most judiciaries around the country are intimidated. They don't want their house burnt down by Black Lives Matter or Antifa. <laughs> so, th- so they decline these cases. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, you know, they, they, their policy, you know, a lot of what the Democrats are doing is totally illegal. Everything right. from DACA to the, to the board, borders being wide open, it's illegal, but nobody's stopping them. So they just do it. Right. And and they will, I believe, try and take Trump off the ballot, and um, and to create a, a crisis. 
And I'm glad that DeSantis is there as, well, as, a, as a backup. A lot of these others are going to begin to fall off. Uh, they're not going to make the next debate. The third one, it, it's more. It's going to be more difficult uh, from your supporters to get in there, num- uh, number one. Uh, number two, they're not going to be able to afford it. They're not getting the funds and that kind of thing. So they're going to begin to fall off, which if you look previously elections by this time, they were already fallen off by even by this time, uh, Trevor. So some of them mm-hmm. are hanging on by a thread. In which case, what you're saying is DeSantis is basically, uh, well, I guess the wild card or the saving grace if that doesn't happen. But right now, it appears, correct me on this, please, otherwise, it appears the conservative movement in this country, patriots, are seem to be behind uh, Donald Trump in, in full order. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, he's got by far the majority support, but he is so bogged down. Mm-hmm. He is so bogged down in fighting all these things against him. He's, 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 you know, money's getting tight as well. And, um, you know, because he's so bogged down, he can't really go out and campaign in Iowa and New Hampshire as much as he should be. And DeSantis is gaining a lot of ground in Iowa. Um, So, look, look, people are behind Trump for a variety of reasons, and one is, is sympathy for the fact that he's clearly being persecuted by people who who have, who are enemies of this republic yeah. you know so that that's a huge factor people love him for a whole variety of reasons or even some who don't love him yeah. are sick of the persecution they see as him as a symbol but um who knows what has happened we have to have a plan b yeah yeah. All right. All right. Well, I, I think you say it well. I mean, there. So uh, let's see. We'll keep talking about a report. And I want to talk to you about this. Uh, this all right. So I really want your opinion on this. This is the uh, General Mark Milley, who is now uh, coming off the stage uh, that he's been on there. And uh, so, OK, first thing is this couple of interesting things here with Millie. Uh, I want to ask you first, that post, uh, there have been so many talks about the fact that Trump has called for the death of Mark Milley. So, I mean, they're all over the place. No matter what you search for in any area, you're going to get a whole bunch of egregious headlines that Trump is out of his collective mind and he's called for the death of Mark Milley. Now, I looked back at that post multiple times. Here's the point, Trevor. I, I'm asking, I'm going to read you the post right now that he put on social media. I didn't quite see it that way myself, but it could be me. Maybe I'm totally wrong here. I don't know. And I don't know if listeners have seen it that way, but I did not see the fact. I mean, he referenced it. He, he does get bombastic. And he put in that post, and I quote, this is an act so egregious that in times gone by, hear the words, in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. That's what he wrote in the post. Now, I didn't get out of that. Maybe it's me and my clumsy mind. I don't know, Trevor. You'll tell me something here. I didn't get out of the fact that he put a death wish out on the guy. I didn't get that. Now, maybe that's the case. Maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. But that's surely what the hell the media is saying, if you follow it. What 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 gives here? Well, well, this is just media spin again. Like, um, Benedict Arnold, you know, yeah. was... was uh, punished by death for treason against the United States. Mark Milley publicly said that he would have uh, that he wanted that he would give China a, a, a warning if Trump was going to go to war against them. I, I can't, you know, what what is that? You know, well, that's a pretty serious crime, I would have thought. Trump was merely pointing out, which he's quite justified to do, right. that that kind of behavior 
in many countries around the world would have warranted the death penalty. And, and this country would have once warranted the death penalty. What do you think the, the Russians and the Chinese would do to someone who, in Millie's, say, a Russian or a Chinese general who said some of the things that Millie's done? You know, uh, so no, no, it, it was probably an unwise choice of words, but the point was well made. Yeah. But it's like, you know, the media does this, like when Trump said there are, there are people coming across the border and some of them are murderers and rapists. Yeah. And then, yeah. then Trump then Trump says all Mexicans are, race, uh, are, are rapists. <laughs> I remember right? well. I remember you know? well. It's oh, total boy. garbage. It's a complete yeah. lie, oh, 100% well. lie. But, but you've got to be so careful yeah. in anything you say. Yeah. Uh, any conservative politician has to choose their words extremely carefully because yeah. they will be spun. It's like Steve King, um, you know, the congressman from Iowa said, said something about when did defending white, uh, well, no, no, when did defending Western civilization become a bad thing? Right. And he That's was right. kicked out of Congress for being a racist for that. Yeah. You know, well, and don't forget, the Republicans we, wouldn't even defend him. We are dealing with the Marxist media here. This is what they are. It's who they are. They've shown their colors already. Everybody knows it. I mean, uh, the whole thing is in the tank for them. All right. One last point on this, and then I, I got to move on to this other big story. Yeah, so one last thing here. Um, within Millie, there was, uh, you've probably seen it uh, again, uh, you know, Jeffrey Goldberg, or do I need to say anything more in the Atlantic? Do I even need to say anything more about a publication? But it's called The Patriot, how General Mark Milley protected the Constitution from Donald Trump. And there are, and within the report and other reports, not only Mark Milley, but there are a series of other military folks who say he was a danger to the Constitution, that the nuclear arsenal was a concern to them, that they were like, you know, and they paint out a very bleak picture of these guys. Now, I, this is one that trips me up, frankly, and I, I don't, I mean, uh, it's just being sensationalized from the military people themselves. Do you think they really felt concerned because Trump, you know, Trump acts and talks differently. He does get bombastic in his just like Rocket Man with North Korea. Everybody thought he was insane for that. Of course, it worked in that particular case. But the point is, he's willing to go there. A lot of times it's words and not action specifically. I don't know if that's driving that or what's exactly driving that. Any concern there at all or should Americans be well, concerned? Well, well, if we're talking about the Constitution, you know, Trump was a commander in chief. If these military guys disagreed with them, the only honorable thing they had was to publicly resign and mm. say why. That's what that's their constitutional duty to do that, not to subvert the president, not to um, have back channels to our enemies. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Mark Milley, you know, the political correctness that he's enforced on the military, that that is criminal, um, in my yeah. opinion. But yeah. that's you know, if he was really respecting the Constitution, he would have publicly resigned and said, I cannot serve under this president because of this, this and this. But no, his pension, pension. Yeah, might th th that's a great answer, man. I thank you for it. I didn't know where you were going to go with that, that question. But, man, you nailed it. Uh, th th that was that's a perfect answer. All right. Let me get to this last big one. I want to get your uh, point on here. All right, I want to talk about briefly the uh, Joe Biden, and, but more the Democrat strategy. Uh, and the emphasis here, uh, Trevor, is threats to democracy versus economic ruin. So let me read you this quick uh, blurb out of NPR. Uh, President Biden said uh, on Thursday, democracy in America is at risk. 
Uh, of course, these people live in the democracy. They don't live in a constitutional republic, but that's beside the point. That's just me talking. All right, let me continue. And urged Americans of all political backgrounds to recommit to support the Constitution and democratic institutions. And I quote, we know how damaged our institutions of democracy, our judiciary, the legislature, the executive have become in the eyes of the American people, even the world, from attacks within the past few years, Biden said. I mean, Biden is saying this which is mind-blowing, my fellow Americans, that the guy who is attacking these institutions is the one saying it, which, of course, is out of the Democrat playbook. I have to put that out there. Now, uh, he says we should all remember democracies don't have to die at the end of a rifle. They can die when people are silent, when they fail to stand up to condemn threats to democracy. Here's the thing. Biden's approval ratings are to the floor. We've never had a president this low in ratings ever. And, of course, as the NPR points out, uh, his age and the economy are pulling poor Biden down. He's doing a spectacular job otherwise, Trevor, if it wasn't for his age yeah, and yeah. the economy. The man Absolutely. is a Boy Scout. I mean, come on now, come on. And But polls also <laughs> show that voters are concerned about threats to democracy, uh, particularly in the wake of the January 6th attack. So here's my question. So which will it be, threats to democracy or economic ruins that drive voters in 2024? I think it's going to be threats to democracy. I think it's going to be threats to constitutional authority that's <laughs> going to drive drive voters. I think people, you know, people are worried about the economy, hundred percent, but they're worried about the borders. They're worried about their their grandson turning up to Thanksgiving wearing a dress. They're worried about their freedom of speech being being, you know, taken down by big tech. They're worried about the weaponization of government by the Democrats. This has gone way beyond the economy now. You know, 25 years ago, it was all, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was Republicans versus Democrats trying to court the few voters in the middle. Yeah. And the Republicans are more fiscally responsible, slightly. The Democrats tend to be more generous with, you know, with handouts. Well, it's gone way beyond that now. Now people are actually worried about the country surviving worried about the country, worried about being able to hand anything on to their children. They're actually worried about the, the collapse and even civil war within the nation. You know, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. that's what I think is going to drive most voters. And that's why the Republicans should be hardcore on these issues. Republicans always want to talk about the economy. Well, you know, that's all that's 25 years ago. Yes, talk about the economy, but talk about the borders, talk about the perverts in the schools, talk about um, the destruction of, of liberties, the harassment of the, the persecution of religion, the the coming uh, pandemics. and, and It's an endless list, isn't it? It's, it's an, an endless, endless list. list. But this is the, the issues that people are more worried yeah, about. Yeah. Now. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I got a couple of things here to, to wrap up with you here. First of all, uh, I really appreciate you always, brother. Let me tell listeners a couple of things here. TrevorLoudon.com uh, is the site where Trevor, now he's got a lot of books, uh, films, uh, uh, he, he, you know, he drives a lot of big conversation in that the previous book, uh, he's got some great ones. They're in the America Out Loud bookstore. If you go up to the nav bar, or go to Amazon, wherever you get books, but you can go to the, the bookstore. We got a lot of great books in there. 
Uh, it's on the nav bar. Uh, you see, you see it right there. And and then go get the books. Uh, this last one, House on Americans, was excellent. And you're doing a series of these things now, Trevor. So that's awesome. But listen, I got to take a, in a few seconds left here. I got to be the publicly, uh, and I hope this is proper here uh, that I don't. But I want to publicly congratulate you on being the a first time. And I hope I can say this again, grandfather. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hitting your age in a bad way, am I? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, no, no. It's, it's a very happy event, and and thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, we were all up late last night, and uh, yeah, we're we're very proud to have a new addition to the family. Amen for that, uh, Trevor Loudon. Thank you, brother, for joining me here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much, Malcolm, and thanks to all the listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right, friends. We've got uh, all back at AmericaOutloud.news, as always, is the place to go and share the out loud truth and get it out there across uh, our country and around the world, please. Okay? Don't forget to visit AmericaOutloud.shop. All the deals are in there. We've negotiated for you all some great products to help you in your health. If you're fighting vaccine injuries, long COVID, that sort of thing, that's the place to go. Now, Big panel discussion coming up next. I really love these panel discussions. This is going to be a good one. Got three, three big, big voices. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, and thank you, my fellow Americans, for being on the mission. 
And it's always a mission of liberty and justice for all here on AmericaOutloud.news is the place to go and help us get the out loud truth out around the world and certainly from sea to shining sea, friends. There is a lot of news in the neighborhood, as they say, and we got a lot to cover in this segment. So let's get started here. And I want to introduce, let me just tell you who they are, and then we'll we'll weave them in and out of the program and just have some really extraordinary conversation here. Just truly excited here with each of these uh, cats here. Daniel Baranowski is here. You know the name, of course. Uh, Daniel is a retired healthcare management and policy instructor at the Harvard University School of Public Health. He has been a writer and a show host and a dear friend of the network. And uh, we we love Daniel Berenice. He's going through some health problems himself, by the way, but uh, he's here and uh, I'm excited to have him. Kathy Anderson Martin. Well, Kathy is the executive director of a food bank. She served as the Director of Resource Development for the Salvation Army in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, Kathy serves on a, a series of boards and the leadership of the Right-Minded Women. And she is the co-host of a new broadcast, Two Women Inspiring Real Life Twirl. And it plays on America Out Loud Talk Radio at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on uh, Saturday and Sunday. All the shows go to podcast, of course. And then a dynamic voice here, uh, which is why I put him in the caboose, because, man, he can keep up just fine. Colonel Mike is here. He's been a former liaison and contractor, uh, really, in, in Southeast Asia, but in a lot of areas of the globe. Uh, he is a host of the National Security Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio, and uh, never short of words, to be sure. So it's good to have everybody here. Daniel, Kathy, Mike, let's get started here. Let's start first with the big thing that's on the radar here, government shutdowns. Um, I've reported up front of the program, we've only had, they've passed four budgets in the last 40 years. They've had 47 continuing resolutions uh, in the past 10 years. Uh, this is a very dysfunctional body, if you will. Uh, so uh, we now have $33 trillion in debt. Uh, we are coming into no man's land, basically. And so is this the time to have a government shutdown? Yes or no? And why? Kathy, I want to start right with you, Kathy. Let's go to it. I have no idea. Again, I don't know what any of these folks are going to say, which is the way I like it. Kathy, is this the time? Do we do it or don't we? Well, I don't think it's good to always, uh, you know, to operate like this and to almost it's almost like a planned kind of thing. And uh, but I, I'm conflicted on this because I think spending cuts have to be made. Um, the interest on our debt is, I, I believe, 14 percent of the national budget on and that's only going to grow. And it's projected to be 40 percent by 2053. I mean, we can't live like that. We can't sustain our country like that. On the other hand, I work for a nonprofit and I see when shutdowns happen, the real people and, you know, the innocent workers and federal government employees that are impacted. So I'm kind of conflicted. And part of me wants to say, shut it down until you fix it. And the other part of me is like, you can't do that. OK, that's that's a good opening bell here. Colonel Mike. Uh, so uh, is this the time to do it? Yes or no? Yes. And I'll tell you, thank you, Kathy, for your thoughts. And this, I was going to bring this up part of the conversation today. And in all the mainstream, you know, left wing uh, papers that you could read uh, anywhere in the country, the headlines are what would a shutdown mean for you? Should the shutdown close Maryland parks? And uh, where where are we going to go? Like people really care about 
uh, they're worried about tourists coming to Washington. Of course, there's hospitality, right? There's bars and restaurants. And I think D.C. just had restaurant week. I'm in the Beltway area, Kathy, so I'm not far from you. Daniel, let me get you in here and ask you this. Is was initially a group of about 12 or so. It's now the last go around was about 2021. Yeah. Uh, but these are conservative uh, voices uh, that have gotten there and have promised their constituency that they're going to follow through on X, Y and Z. But yet they're being called the extremists, the radicals, oh, sure. the nut jobs for doing sure. their job. So talk about that point. Well, McCarthy's got a terrible job. I mean, uh, with a slim margin that he has and a couple of people that are, are just out for assassination in that group and, and nothing else. And they can't figure out which of the conservative aspects of this cost cutting they're going to be into. Is it uh, Ukraine or is it the border or is it something else altogether? And I think they need to just get through this right now because they need to go through regular order. And now they're gonna, they, they got that you're process saying going. Do a C, you're saying do a CR right yeah. now. Do it and now. Then and then get and, to and, regular order. Yeah, but they've been doing that and they never get to any kind of an order. Well, at yeah. the end of the next CR, that's a whole different thing. You know, if you give them 45 days or 30 days and then we're at the same junction, okay. All kinds of hell is going to break loose. All right, so you so you differ from the others, and you say it's it better to do a CR right now and then come back and fight another day. Margin's too slim. They got too many things to work out in the Republican ideology and philosophy. Okay. Right. They're getting there. They got a lot of good voices, but uh, right now it, it's all going to fall on them. Okay. It already is. They've already out with the propaganda about whose fault this is. And, All right. and All you right. know, even though everybody's whole, made whole at the end of this. They they are, well, they are. They are. Uh, but again, most of, most of these things are five or seven days. We've yeah. only had one that went 35 days. That, that was right. Would, would be problems. But yeah, I'd that, say that was in Trump's administration, though. That's about. right. That's yeah. right. I want to turn right now into the 2024 election. Kath, this uh, with the debate, the the, uh, the GOP debate. I don't know whether you all seen it or you didn't. I'm speaking about the second debate. If you didn't, you probably seen the headlines or seen the video clips or media clips, whatever. It was painful for a lot of people to watch. And most could not watch it for the full uh, duration uh, because uh, it was pretty bad, the first part of it, and they left it, to be sure. It got a little better, if that's even the right word, later on in the program. Who exactly out of that cast of characters? Here, simple question. I want to go right around quickly with all of you. Who, who, in your opinion, won that debate, number one? And two, who is the biggest threat, if there is any? Is there a threat in there to Donald Trump's uh, candidacy? I think uh, Ron DeSantis would be my pick as to person winning the debate and, you know, is maybe a threat to Donald Trump more than any of the others. There's some of them that just need to kind of go away quietly into the night. OK. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Colonel Mike. All right. Same thing. Listen carefully now. Who that last debate, who, in your opinion, won it and who, if any, is the biggest threat to Trump's candidacy? In my opinion, um, I think everybody has to really examine what's going on. And the best you have out of all of them there is DeSantis. The rest of them are in there because you can collect as much money as you want. You get to keep all the money and then you can travel with it. There's all kinds of stipulations what you could do with campaign money. So as far as I'm concerned, that's just like a big grift. None of these guys are going to come close. If any, even Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, at in the end, the best she's going to do is Kamala Harris, 1%, 2%. You know, they play all the game. So the bottom line is, look, we have to prepare. This is important for the country. We have to prepare. And if it is Ron DeSantis, then let's help him and let's let Trump and him 
try to get together somehow. I know it's going to be hard because of the ego and, and Trump's way out there. Right. I mean, Trump's the only guy that's going to pull the country back. But you're going to have to settle at some point. Otherwise, yeah, you but, take but, the But they always do that historically. They always come together yeah. and kiss and make up after they beat the that's hell right. out of each other. You know, I mean, come on, right? right? I mean, yeah. so I, I I don't know what kind of a marriage that would look like if they did. That would be quite a photograph, actually, to see them kissing up, actually. I don't know what that looks like exactly, Mike, but fascinating. All right, let me get over to Daniel here a moment. I want to ask you something, Daniel. I know you followed DeSantis very, very closely. And uh, I know that he is your governor in fact. So let me let me I want to spell out here. He was just on Bill Maher, uh, his show. I don't know if any of you seen yeah. it, but let me let me give you the report in case you didn't. So uh, it's being reported he had a bit of a reality check because uh, uh, Maher says this. He says, let's face it, Ron, if this campaign was going well, you wouldn't be on this show. Huh. Uh, is where he started that. He said the debate, he said, uh, Mar says, it was a shit show, uh, is what he says. I heard you won. I heard the Poland said you won. What did you win? No, honestly, with Trump not in the race, what did you win? Uh, so why is it, uh, Daniel, that uh, Ron DeSantis is having such a challenging time making ground up on Donald Trump since he was going to be all of that in a bag of candy before he got into the race? What's going on? Well, most of the people are in Trump's camp. And even for for supporters like myself of, of, of DeSantis, I mean, the things that he's done in Florida, when you think about it, are just off the wall, wonderful. But, you know, you have these seven or eight other people. They've all got three or 4%. That makes up all the rest of it. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. break out. Everyone expects, you know, different things from them. There's no... There's no metric you can really use to judge these things. Did someone have a one-liner or someone break out? But that's uh, not think, happening. That's not. And it's happening. not happening. I think the biggest loser in this too is the whole format. And and, and Fox Business lost big on this, like they lost in the first debate. Uh, they were twenty-five percent down in viewership from the first debate of this year, wow. which was fifty percent wow. down. From, from the, the debate previous, and, yeah, and, yeah. and 2020, yeah, right. and then they put in Univision for reasons I have no, I can't understand, and, and that's a progressive wing of of somebody that comes in asking questions about LBGTQ and transgenderism and and a, a DACA people and and the other kinds of things. So it, the the format was just strange, and the acoustics were terrible. Wonderful setting they have this in. When they started cross-talking, right. the acoustics were such you couldn't oh, yeah. understand oh, anybody. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, the DeSantis said is that, you know, if I were watching this and I got yeah. to that point, I'd probably turn it off. Well, well listen, the cross-talking to me was so bad it started to sound like the Sean Hannity show, uh, <laughs> you know. So I didn't know what the hell was going on there. But it was, it was hard to hear their answers, basically. Let me ask you straight out, because I don't know your answer to this. If it comes down to it. And there is in the final analysis, Rondo Sanchez and Donald Trump. Who do you pull the lever for? You, Daniel. Trump. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was very curious. So I know you have an enormous respect for the governor as well. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We don't have to analyze any more on that, but that's, that's really good. Let me move to this other part of it now that I want to talk about. Uh, Mike, I want to get your perspective on this here. I'm staying with DeSantis just a moment and the, the Bill Maher interview and so he went on to say when he was talked about why he was in the election, why is DeSantis, why are you having a challenging time or, you know, when Mars called him out, he said, one, I think we could win the election. 
I, I could win the election, too. I don't think he could actually, Trump could actually get the job done that we need to do. He said, for example, COVID, I think we need accountability for what this government did to the country with the COVID restrictions, the mandates and the lockdowns. Donald Trump is not going to do that. He says he did everything right. Well, Colonel Mike, uh, what about that? What will the impact be, if any, of COVID, COVID past and COVID present on the 2024 election, you think? I've been saying on the show that, you know, Donald Trump has to come to humble himself. He has to go with the flow and say, look, you know, these guys lied to me. I was tricked. He has to admit the fact it was a bad call. And if you listen to my show on America Out Loud, and thank you for putting me on, Malcolm, I say many times before Trump, if he gets it, I want to know before he gets in who's going to be around him. I'm not voting for a dead horse anymore. I don't need Javonker. I don't need Jared. I don't need Ivanka. I don't need all the handbags around him. He surrounded himself with crap, plain English. Okay. I'm a Beltway guy. I've been in the Beltway. I've been around the world. I know how the play the playbook works. Yeah. They jammed him with everybody. The establishment sucked him right in from the bat from Jump Street, you know, yeah. Rince Prevost. Then Mike Pence on the on the uh when he went to get the nomination, he they jammed them the last minute. So you got to ask him, who's going to be around you? Yeah. And are you going to have these generals? Because we have, we, you know, we have General McInerney, people like that that can advise him and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. The problem is you before you go in, pal, yeah. I want to know what I'm voting for. Mike, this Mike, is- Mike, that is a brilliant analysis. You, uh, let me just stop you right there. That is a brilliant, brilliant analysis. And, and you are spot on. And in fact, I, I really that's something nobody's talking about what you just said. And I've been talking about it, thinking about it. And you and I are going to have a big conversation on that in a future broadcast. But I'll tell can you. Can I just say one thing, Malcolm? Yeah, can I just yeah. say one thing? Yeah. I deal with a lot of people in the Middle East. I have business people and friends. Okay. They are shocked to crap. They are shocked to crap that this is going on in our country. They, you know, we've had more kids come here from around the world in schools and they're not coming anymore because of all this crap going on in our country, woke and LGBT. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, brother. I hear you. And the point, it it is one of the biggest things. And Daniel, real briefly, before I go to Kathy, I want to ask you, I think you might agree with that or not. You tell me. But I think if there was one thing that I would say Trump really uh, screwed up with, uh, when you try to go in to drain the swamp and then to Mike's point, you have the swamp help pick out the people around you, such as Christopher Ray, James Comey, uh, all of these cats. Again, as he said, some of the other folks. Uh, and uh, look at Millie himself, what's happening there. Uh, he didn't surround himself with the best people, including, as he just stated, the family and the rest of that. He's got to get that right. Yes or no? Absolutely. The, you know, the problem that Trump confronted that none of us really understood until he was in the middle of this was how extensive and how capable the deep state was. Amen. And what you had is that his selection of people, he got bad advice yeah. time and time again. The good people didn't want to, they didn't want to get hooked up in this uh, this thunderstorm that was happening. Do you think it differs this time around? you think this next time around it differs, Daniel? Well, he, and I agree with Colonel Mike right down the line. We, I'd like to know going in who the people are going to be, and they ought, ought to get vetted in terms of their capabilities and mm-hmm. understanding the, the the storm they're marching into yeah, because this storm this yeah. time yeah. will be 
10 times worse than it was oh in boy oh boy well let's just say it's a category five hurricane right off the shore yep. brother and it's yep. coming on quickly okay kathy 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 I want to ask you, because I know you you talk a lot in, in the health sense as well about what's transpired here. What about this COVID in the 2024 election? Trump never took accountability for the uh, Operation Warp Speed. There were some good things that came out of that uh, in the uh, antibodies and some other things. The vaccines were not one of them, clearly. He's never had accountability. He continues to say, as DeSantis said, he did everything right. He doesn't do well uh, in apologies ever. Uh, could that this be a real problem for the conservative movement and patriots who understand the menace that COVID was? This is exactly a problem with me, as you've out- outlined and talked about this, the COVID situation and, um, you know, all of these things, the mandates and the lockdowns, they all came under Trump's watch. Mm-hmm. At, and, and so that is a problem with me. I love Donald Trump. I got re um, re-energized to volunteer and get involved when he ran and became president. Wow. But I, the COVID thing to me is is really tough. I use that as a a point with my local elections here in Pennsylvania and and what people did here. And so I think to myself, I'm being hypocritical when I don't hold Donald Trump to that same standard. And I think, you know, him being admitting that there were problems and that he did the wrong things and took bad advice is really important. Well, I often said, Kathy, if he would have even held a press conference on any given day and then come to uh, have a come to Jesus moment uh, with the American people and say, hey, listen, listen, uh, there's some things I've discovered since this warp speed conversation with fake Fauci on the stage, Deborah Burks and the rest of the cats and the jackasses, Walensky included and the rest of them that were heading up the government agencies that we took some bad advice. We did some wrong things. I do not support that, but he doesn't do that, Kathy. He doesn't do that. So No, and I, I think he needs yeah. to. I mean, I, I like DeSantis very much. Yeah. I think um, without Donald Trump, DeSantis is, you know, like kind of that Ronald Reagan, uh, a governor of a state who right. is, you know, doing really right. well. But, um, you know, during COVID, everyone said to me, is this a hill you're willing to die on about masks and mandated vaccines? Right, and right. I said, yeah, I am. Because if my government can tell me what to do to my own face and my own bloodstream, they can tell me what to do. Anything. No, that's perfectly anything. said. Perfectly said. All right, Kathy, let me ask you this. So stay with you one moment here. Uh, listen, this this next thing is so annoying, but I, I just want to go around with some of you quickly because it, it's a it's a good point here. All right, there was a sort there was a story out of New Mexico. A lot of people don't even know about it, but anyways, uh, the headline was this, Kathy: Trump supporter shoots someone attending a peaceful rally. Okay, that was in Source, New Mexico. This was a situation out of New Mexico. A young man wearing a pro-Trump hat shot someone, attended a peaceful gathering on Thursday in Espinal. How dare they? So here's the thing. So the media, which is, this is part and parcel of what we talk about all the time and what's happening here. They take this story and then they want to pin the, this person, whatever the hell happened, on Trump. I say, well, it's a Trump story. But I don't remember ever seeing a supporter uh, or a uh, headline, Kathy, they must say a Biden supporter went ahead and looted uh, in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, all those Biden supporters looted like hell, the Apple store and all the stores and created such a rocket in Philadelphia was a disaster. I didn't see that headline, Kathy. Well, I think um, you never will see that headline, Malcolm, because, um, you know, that's the problem with everything with the media. It's so one-sided and um, everything, every little thing depends to Trump. And 
you, you know, it's crazy. Climate change, Trump fault. It's Trump's fault. This is Trump's fault. That's Trump's fault. You never put see it go the other way. And I don't think that's going to change at all. And, it, you know, it's those subtle things that they relentlessly keep doing yeah. that impact uh, people's opinions. And it's all terrible. Right. All right. Let me move it along now. I want to get back over. I'm like, Colonel Mike, I want to ask you about this impeachment inquiry. Uh, it was pretty bad. I had it on for a period of time. Uh, and then it was on the backdrop as, you know, going through. And then I thought, oh, this is really bad. Uh, and so then uh, here, here's the thing. The GOP, they've got, you know, they had their uh, people up there and then the Democrats had theirs. And it was all about the fact the bottom line was this summary that the GOP was jumping the gun and they had no really credible evidence. And all these millions of dollars coming over that there wasn't any more. Uh, I mean, w- without going through the point by point of evidence, which I think Americans know at this point, certainly our audience knows. Uh, but yet. There was no problem with them having not having any evidence on Trump. In fact, they made shit up uh, all the time, like the peeing on uh, prostitutes in Moscow and the dossier and all of this and Page and Strzok. And come on, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. That was perfectly legitimate. So those impeachments were okay. This one is not. And the GOP, to Kathy's point earlier, they never fight back fire with fire. But that was what I got out of that that inquiry, is that they were overstepped their bounds. They didn't have enough evidence. What do you say to that? Well, first of all, they're, they're not good on their feet. These guys in, in the Democrat Party are Hollywood. OK, they have the placards. They have all the sayings. Amen. They know how to work these impeachment hearings like nobody's business. But then what's the best part is you have to understand on our side, these guys, they saw their diapers because they're worried about what about this district? What about that? I got to get reelected, but I have that community. I have this community. They start thinking all these crazy things. They hallucinate, right? Instead of going out there and fireballing, they back up and then and then the staffer says, well, wait a minute, Congressman, if you go on that, if you do that, you, you, just watch your words. You know, this is how it works. I've been there, Mark. I know, I know the scenario. And then what do the Democrats do? Every time you mention Joe Biden, they go right to Trump. Well, what, what happened with Trump? Exactly. Trump's impeachment, exactly. Trump, yeah. Trump Tower, yeah. Trump fraud, Trump yeah. banks, Trump this. I mean, you got to learn how to fight back. Yeah. You have yeah. to be. This is on the mat. This is judo, baby. This is. Yeah, this is. is. Let me ask you this, Mike, while I got you here. Uh, I want to talk to you about staying too long. All right. So Mitch McConnell, oh he, Mitch McConnell's freezing on camera all the time. Diane Feinstein, uh, just a couple weeks ago, was in the wheelchair when she went ahead and her administrator said, just sign here. This was in front of the American public. She didn't know what the right. hell she was signing. Here you go. Here you go. I remember Robert Byrd leaving uh, the the uh, the chamber in a wheelchair on an oxygen tank, which is what these cats usually do, if not a casket uh, or what have you. Joe Biden, of course, can't remember his last word he said or what have you. This is a tough crowd. Uh, They're all in their 80s and 90s. Uh, I mean, they're staying too long. What's the answer? Well, the answer is power. They're authoritarians. You know, they they don't want free speech. They want to make insider trading money. You go in there with 16 cents. You come out with $300 million. You got a mob boss that was a majority leader, Nancy Pelosi, by far the Donna Corleone of our generation. I mean, she ran it like a mob boss. Right? <laughs> kind of hard to top that, buddy. You know, they waited for this Feinstein to the last drop. It was like Maxwell House coffee. They put it down <laughs> like a Doberman. They stuck something oh, in her arm and said, good night, Nancy. You know, it's over. So yeah. here's the problem. They're too old. I think yeah. term limits is one thing. But again, if you're spunky and you're in your 70s or 80s, I got no problem with that. 
But yeah. when you look like you're starting to dribble and you got a little bit of a problem, you know, why are you there anymore? Well, let me ask you this. I think what they need, if anything, even more than term limits, is a mental acuity task, I think, for every one of these cats. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy, Absolutely. come on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we ought to give that to everybody in Congress and what have you. And uh, God knows what those numbers would look like. Share those with the American people and see what happens. Well, we All should right. have them drug tested, too. This is the problem. Right. At Martha, right. We need to have them drug tested. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. And uh, uh, all right. There's a lot we could do for them. Uh, I'd like to see them all have an enema, too. But that's beside the point, Mike. All right. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> our last go around here, last question here. I want to see them suffer, Daniel. You know, come yeah. on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well, let, let me take a minute, if, if you would. And I, I want to revisit the thing about COVID and Trump. You know, there's this old uh, sociology axiom that without context, there is no meaning. And you have to put context around what happened to Trump and COVID versus what really happened to all of us under Biden, because all the mandates came from Biden. You know, Trump was was caught in the thing that he had this Fauci guy who was some kind of national hero. But he put him around him. He's the one who put him there. If you read the books that that have come out on this, though, you know, Fauci had already, from Scott Atlas in particular, out in Stanford, you know, he put a a group in there that if he was messed with, they were all going to go. Deborah Burks was going to go. The whole staff were going to walk out. And so Trump was really between a a rock and a rock. Nobody nobody knew what to do. But but you'd have thought that Biden, by the time he'd watched this crap that was going on, and what he did is he empowered this this little Hitler, yes, yes. And, you know, and then we had these. You had to go to the Supreme Court. You know, how many okay. millions of people did disjunctions in our society yeah. that were caused by this vaccine mandate? Our military, everything. Well, it was a horror show. It our was a civil hard... rights were yeah. were ripped our, apart. God, I got to wrap this part up here. A lot gotcha. of people are calling it Nuremberg 2.0. I mean, come on, we know <laughs> it, it was pretty bad stuff, buddy. Um, let's cut to the chase here. We know what it is here. All right, polls are constantly being put out there. How do you feel about the direction of our country? NBC News poll does a poll all the time on this topic. How do you feel about the direction of our country? Every darn time they do it over the last many years, seventy-one to seventy-four, seventy-five percent believe that the country is headed in the wrong direction. Direction. That is the bottom line that comes out of this all the time. Kathy, uh, what is your sense of that same poll? If I was to ask you, 75% of Americans think we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, you have anything you feel good about in the country right now? You've got 20 seconds. Not much. I agree with those polls. And you would think it should be a shoe in for the Republican candidate for president with those polling numbers. Yeah, you yes. would think something would change, would Kathy. Think. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. C- Colonel Mike, you'll, a few seconds left. What do you think? Okay, shout out to Michael. Michael Savage said it years ago, borders language, borders language and culture. If you don't have it, you don't have a country. $980 billion spent every year on defense, and we can't close our border, but they could fence off D.C. It's got to be more than 70. Okay, all right, there you go. And Daniel, last word, what do you say to that? That we're, we're in a crash and burn a moment, and, and it's going to continue to go that way, and I think it's the only way we're going to get correction. It's not whether you think the country's going in the wrong direction. It's what are you going to do about it? There's sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you come up again. Right. Is that where we're at? Yeah, well, you take a look at 11,000, 11,000, 11,000 day after day across the border. It's now becoming personal, and they're going to yes. continue yes. to march this in. Yeah, they you are. Know, they are. Even a yeah. year ago, we were screaming yeah. about it. People are now pulling well, their hair out. Here's the thing. You, you'd almost have to be in a coma today not to know what's happening at the southern border because it is that bad, and it's affecting all the states. 
What an extraordinary discussion. Wow. Uh, big time. Uh, tremendous thank you here to Daniel Baranowski, Kathy Anderson Martin, and Colonel Mike. Friends, it's a privilege to have you here with me. Thank you for joining me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. Mm-hmm.